0: to believe what the world's come to, hard to wrap my head around everything I see on the news, hard to sit back and do nothing in all this mess, what's it gonna take to fix this brokenness? politics, making us enemies Tired of seeing anger and violence Spilling out in the street And I'm tired of addiction Taking life's way too young Oh, what's it gonna take to fix What this world's become? The answer is Jesus Good afternoon, it's Tom Richardson with Removing Confusion podcast, it's Wednesday, August the 31st, some of what I want to do today I'm a couple of days late on, but I, uh, as a former army, I'm a vet, Uh, whenever we lose soldiers, it's always a hard time pill to swallow. But when they're practically the last ones to die in a war, yeah, you, you never want to be the last one to die in a war. And especially when things are not done quite the way they probably should have been. We're talking about the thirteen Marines, Navy and Army folks that died about a year and two days ago, in Afghanistan, I might have said Iraq a minute ago, but I'm in Afghanistan. And uh, the only way that, that like the song says, the answer is Jesus. How do we, how do we parse these things out? How do we come to any kind of a conclusion? How do we, uh, how do we answer to the families that have? lost their loved ones forever, or at least on this side of forever. Those of us who are regenerated by the blood of Christ, Jesus Christ, we know that one day those of us who are saved will again see those we have lost who have gone on to salvation, who were saved and have gone on to be in the glory of their Lord. Their names, which should for will forever be in our human history, should never be forgotten. Thirteen names: Marine Lance Corporal David Lee Espinoza, Marine Sergeant Nicole G, Marine Staff Sergeant Taylor Hoover, Army Staff Sergeant Ryan Canas, Marine Corporal. Hunter Lopez, Marine Lance Corporal Riley McCullum, Marine Lance Corporal Dylan R. Marola, Marine Lance Corporal Karim Nikui, Marine Sergeant Johnny Rosio Picardo, Marine Corporal Humberto Sanchez, Marine Lance Corporal Jared Schmitz, Navy Hospitalman Maxton Max Soviak, Marine Corporal Dagan William Tyler Page. We have people there from all races, practically. Maybe all religious backgrounds, I don't know. It makes no difference. They are lost. I mean, lost to this world. They've been taken from us way too young. Who knows? Any one of them could have gone on and become maybe like the hospital corpsman. Might have become a nurse or a doctor. Save lives that way. Uh, Could be a senator, a congressman, or a, a, a future president in that list. One thing about Marines... This is coming from an army guy. I respect them. They never leave the Marine Corps, it would seem. It can be eighty years old, and it seems like they've they're still in. They just go all the way out. It, it's instilled to in them through boot camp, at least the old boot camp, where these guys got that bill of that drill sergeant's hat bounced off their forehead. I got it when I was in the army a couple of times. You got out of step, he'd be right in front of you. What are you doing? What's the matter with you? <laughs> you can't even walk right, and you expect him for me to give you a gun. But that's how they bring you along. Some people are not made for that. But Those 13 names, I read them last year about this time, and uh, I believe it was appropriate to bring them back around again. I I, I actually did this. A couple of days ago, and then I kind of lost track of where I was going halfway through my podcast. It it was like you know I haven't done one for a, a while, and I started to just go in about eighteen different directions. And I'm like, you know what? This is removing confusion, not adding confusion. So we're gonna have to. I just pulled the plug on that one. I sat back for a few days. And I said, I got to think about this. What am I gonna What am I gonna do here? Because uh, I, I made a mess of it. But those folks and their families keep them in uh, well, keep their families in prayer. It you know when when a when a mother and father lose a son or a daughter, or a husband loses his wife or or, or whatever, it's very difficult. It doesn't go away. There's they talk about closure, and closure is a Uh, that's like closing up a wound, you know, stitching it up. When you look down, the scar's still there. So closure is just talk, you know. And uh, we have enough of that out there in the world right now. So just keep them in prayer if you're praying people. I pray that you are because we need that. If, if there's anything that we need this day and age, it's prayer. We need lots of it. So let's just not forget them. And you know, these 13 are special because of when they were taken. But all the thousands... That we lost in Iraq, Afghanistan, and a few other places. They're all, they're all important. They're all lost, or, or they're all missed by someone. I I've known people who lost friends while they were there, right next to them, or in close proximity. And that never leaves them either the, the day that it happened it never quite leaves them you know, their their buddy was lost, and they they kept going uh It's difficult you know war is actually the closest thing to hell, probably that we have, and that's this deal with Ukraine. you know everybody's beating the drum and blowing the horns and clashing the cymbals, you know. Look at the Russians, it's a horrible thing that's going on. But that's the way wars are fought. They're fought ugly. You know, we blew stuff up in Iraq. We killed civilians. Uh, we're, we're Nobody that goes to war does that straight out. I mean, they don't go into the war with the idea of killing innocents. But it does happen. Uh, I'm not sticking up for the Russians. I'm just telling you straight out, we need to stay out of that mess because before long they're going to drag us in so that they can spend more money and kill more young, innocent lives. Now, as that song was playing, I wrote, I wrote down some ideas that we can talk about today and they're, they're probably very pointed and up to date. I, uh, I, I haven't been doing a pure news show kind of thing lately. Um, uh, and I had a reason for that. I really, you know, when you have an encounter with God, the Holy Ghost, and He kind of switches your gears for you, you you have to be, you have to submit. And um, I, the verse of of Scripture that always comes to mind is "Submit yourselves, therefore, unto God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you." They always leave that first part out about submitting God's James. James chapter 1, I believe, verse 19, if I'm not mistaken. Don't quote me on that. I'll look it up if you want me to. But, you know, you get the idea. Resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. But if you do it in your own strength, it's not going to happen. You're going to stand there and, you know, beat your chest and say, I can take you, and that's not what happens. Submit yourself, therefore, unto God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. He won't want anything to do with you. He'll, he'll, he'll just take off. But, uh, politics are a divider and we've seen nothing worse in all of our history as a, as a nation than what we've seen in this administration under the, uh, Biden administration. They, they, claimed that Donald Trump was the worst president you know for division and causing trouble and and putting one against the other and you know it happened because there were riots there were uh, uprisings there were you know from the day the man took office when he was sworn in there were I I used to play a clip in the beginning there of bombs going off basically it sounds like I think it's you know flashbangs from the police and uh, people in the street breaking windows in Washington D.C. the day that he was inaugurated. They hated him that bad. People out there, and it was all ginned up because he wasn't supposed to win. Now, as me and my my brother Mike talk back and forth a lot, you know, I'm not a, a a a Trumpite. Let's put it that way. I I had, I admired the man for doing some of the things he did. He left a lot of things undone that could have been done. But all presidents do because they, they expect their second term, they can really ratchet it up and go forward with a lot of stuff that they couldn't do first term. Because if they get too radical in the first term, term—no, I say radical, I mean in a good sense, they will never get it reelected. But you know, they made sure he didn't get reelected by stealing, and you know it, I know it got to be truthful with yourself. Now I've had some conservative guys tell me the same thing. Oh, there's no there's no proof of that. The proof is out there. People have done it. They've looked and they've found the stuff that we we don't want to admit happened in our election. Dead people voting. Multiple votes from the same household. Multiple, I mean in Two people in there that can vote, and six people voted. That's a little bit out there, isn't it, my buddy? Otis is talking to me for a minute there. Uh, we need to accept that we were taken, but it's also a division. Even even within the ranks of conservatives, there's a division there on the whole stealing of the election. Oh, it didn't happen. Well, you know, it did. Get over it. But there's also that possibility that uh, this is so set up that it's, we know it was. We we know what happened. Folks, I don't want to get stuck on that. My brain kind of went into neutral for a minute. Politics as a whole, We if we allow it, everything about it, and now we're seeing, you know, some of the, the you know, the January 6th mess that came up uh, and it's still, you know, my wife and I were talking to some more she says, and they're still doing that. I said, they, they look, July and August or whatever in that swing time, the uh, politicians in Washington take a few days off, a couple of months to go back home and run their primaries and, and try to win and blah, blah, blah. Well, we saw what happened to Lizard Cheney. She didn't win. She stuck her neck on a chopping block. She might, now, if she'd have run as a Democrat, she might have won. But the people in Wyoming said, no, no, thank you, we'll take the other guy. She blew it politically. And why is that? Because people are starting to see, look, you've got, I forget how many people now, three or 400 locked up for oh, what is it, going on two years now with no trial. And from what I understand, I have no basic hard, hard truth I, or facts. I'm sorry that some of these people are being tortured in the jail by the jailers. Now, I was, at one time, a prison guard, and I can tell you that things happen in prisons. There is an oversight that you know 99 percent of prison guards are not, you know jack-heeled thugs. Don't let people fibulate that out to you. They're guys that just do their jobs. They're, they go to work and they try to make it home that night. The thing that's good about a prison over regular cops on patrol out there on the street is when you walk through the gate, you know everybody hates you. So you just realize that and you keep your eyes rolling out of the back of your head. But uh, not all prison guards are horrible, mean guys. You know, we, we, you get a little calloused you know, towards folks because you deal with a lot of the worst of the worst. But there is some evidence, I guess, out there that some of these folks from January 6th are still in the D.C. jail or wherever. They're they're not being treated at what we would call ACA standards. And since they're determined to be insurrectionists, which is a fallacy, there was no burning of anything, then nobody got shot except one of the people there, or a lady by the name of... Ashley Babbitt shot by the cop, a guy who's left his weapon in the bathroom of the of the Capitol, I guess, a couple of times. You know, has a history of bad behavior with weaponry. So there you are. They're going to publish his name. I forget it by the actually, but that's okay. He he, never did he even face one second of harsh debate or uh, uh, speculation that he did something wrong. He just pulled the trigger, shot a girl in the neck, let her die on on the floor, and walked away a hero. January 6th. I know people that were there. They didn't do anything they went to they they walked as much as they could and went to the uh, little speech that Trump gave or whatever and walked home <laughs> or got on the bus and went to the house. They didn't do anything wrong. You're allowed to legally assemble. They're talking about having an assembly there again about I think it's about the fentanyl deal. And uh, what are we going to do about it? Let's talk about that for a minute. Addiction in this country takes a whole lot of people by storm. When we see the uh, massive tent cities in places like Los Angeles and Frisco we understand that there is a problem. A lot of those, not all, but a lot are mentally ill and on some sort of addictive drug, heroin, whatever, methamphetamines, whatever. This is a, a this is one of our nation's biggest problems. But we can't combat it because every time we turn around, we have people flown across their southern border bringing in more drugs. I saw a guy a little bit ago watching the news for a minute that talked about how many pills, fentanyl pills, have come across this southern border that have been caught. Millions, he said. Millions of pills. But I guarantee you, for the millions that get through a million, say a million get through, there's probably four or I'm sorry, that get caught, there's probably four million that get through. These are very dangerous. And here's the thing. I can't say I I can't make this any plainer. There is a active measure amongst the elite to exterminate a huge pile of us. Now, that sounds conspiratorial, a theory. It's a fact. And all we have to do is revisit what's happened for the last two or so years now with the COVID epidemic and the COVID shots that followed. I haven't spoke much about that lately, but, the, you know, you can go out. I don't want to you know, bore you with the same stuff over and over again. But I got to tell you, there's a lot of evidence that's come out about just how awful reactions to the jab have been. The sickness, the disease, the hurt, the pain, and the death of very young people, you know, 50 and below. Uh, Alex Jones talked about a person about 51 years old and fairly good health. Got her fourth dose, and shortly thereafter, Enlarged heart, all these other problems popped up, and then she passed. This is an epidemic of the vaccinated. And I don't say that lightly. I know a lot of people who have been. They think they're doing the right thing, or they thought they were. And they may have done damage to themselves that they can't repair. But this fentanyl thing is horrible. There's 100,000 people, from what they keep saying, have died in the past years, a couple of years, I don't know, from fentanyl overdoses. I know a, a person who uh, had their trouble with drugs, heroin, for uh, to speak out loud, and that person told me they got caught with some drugs which caused them to go to jail and a few other things that they did to uh, access these drugs. They stole some money from a certain place. And when I talked to that person, they told me, well, it wasn't heroin. It was only fentanyl. And I was like, "Do do you hear yourself? Do you hear yourself? It was only fentanyl? Which, you know, one one grain of it is enough to give you an overdose? Goodness gracious. Here's my advice. If you have youngins, they have a tendency, as we all did, mostly all. There's some people who are smarter. To try stuff. Hey, you want to get high? Here, smoke some weed. Hey, you know it's okay. This stuff won't hurt you. It's it's just you know all natural. Snorted. It, it's okay. Or whatever. Here, you want to try this pill? What is it? Well, it's it's a Xanax, or it's just a, a what's the other one? Hydrocodone, or or what we call Vicodin and Percocet. You know, that's all. You know, it'll it'll give you a good buzz, man. But what it actually is, and they don't even know themselves, is they're taking probably a lethal dose of fentanyl, dressed up in the normal pill form of some other, you know, narcotic or whatever. So this unwary teenager takes what he thinks is a Percocet or even half of it maybe. I don't want to try the whole thing. I'll just bust it in half and ends up dying in his own bedroom or hers. This is an epidemic that we have going on. But little is done. Oh, we talk about it, you know, in government. Yeah, we'll talk about it. We'll we'll shuffle some papers around and throw a bill together, and it'll be bipartisan. Everybody will go for it, blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, we leave the... Wide-open southern border where it just keeps flowing across straight from China. That is where fentanyl comes from, for those of you who are unaware. Most of us by now are, but if you are unaware, and I'm not I'm not putting you down, I'm just saying straight out, it comes from China. They are the ones who produce it. I can almost put money on the fact that there are probably somebody out there that's... Uh, Come up with a, a pseudo fentanyl or whatever that's even more dangerous. When I'm telling you, you know, there's all kinds of that going on. Folks, we have got problems. And the answer to all of them is we need to get people back in line with Christ. We have to get them back in line with Bible teaching. We have to get the churches to stop telling stories. i let that pause there for a moment. It's not good on a platform even such as this. We aren't live radio, but, you know, pauses leave holes, and people are like, where'd he go? The church needs to get back to what Paul declared and Jesus declared, as far as that goes, preaching should be. I don't think most preachers read the Bible anymore or they... They have their little um, PowerPoint sermons that they've put together. I'm gonna I'm gonna touch just a couple of things, and this is you know, Second Peter chapter two verse one. I wait for you to get there. There's a there's a a, a word in Greek that sums up what they're talking about in this verse. But there were many, there were false prophets also among the people. Even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privily shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that brought them, or I'm sorry, that bought them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction. Sometimes not swift enough, but God is always on time and many shall follow their pernicious ways by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. These guys do a thing that I heard a fellow say a long time ago. It's a Greek word. I don't know if that Greek word's actually in this uh, set of verses, but the idea of it is. It's called parasoxousin a fancy little thing, isn't it? Parasaxxsution. Which just means these guys put a little bit of good next to their error. Pseudo-prophetes, or false prophets. They like to mix good and bad together. And they do that to their own peril, really. Twisting the scriptures to fit their narratives, and uh, anyway, para what a fancy, like fancy little Greek word—it just means setting truth next to error. Why do they do that? What do you gain from that? Oh, you might get a good following. You might catch a few more fish in your net. And people, that's what these guys are all about. People need a true, unadulterated preaching and teaching of the word of God. That is why in this nation we've seen things go downhill quickly. Oh, the band isn't loud enough at church. I don't want to go there. I want to, you know, I want it louder. I want darker rooms. I want. You know, the fancy light show and the fog machine. Remember uh, the Babylon Bee, which is a satire satire uh, website, used to put out a thing every once in a while that said, uh, we had to cancel our worship service because the fog machine had quit working down at the local Baptist church or whatever. That is a problem. That is a problem. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. That's 2 Timothy 3, 5. After he names off the laundry list of people you don't want to hang out with. False ta- false teachers, false preachers. Let's read it. For men shall be lovers of themselves. Their own selves, actually. Covetous, Boasters. having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. How many, how many preachers today, how many in your church, invoke the name of the Holy Ghost? How many of them do you really think, if you had to sit and think about it, if you even knew because of the lack of preaching about holiness and the Holy Spirit? How many of those guys that show up when they have revivals in your church really even talk about Holy Spirit? I left that little time there go by again. Why is that? Why is it that we don't have well, we don't want to get all Pentecostal about the whole thing. Well then just preach the word. Second Timothy four two, preach the word. Be an instant, in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. Oh doctrine, we we'll won't talk about that. That's that's a that's a bad word. That's what Paul told Timothy: preach the word, be ready to answer questions. You know, uh, some guys it's like, ah, nah, man, I'm off the clock. Let's just talk about the football game, or the baseball game, or the hockey shot, that hockey match. We don't want to talk about all that. I, you know, I'm I'm surrounded with this Jesus stuff in my work all day long. Like like you know, when you take on the the vestiges of a so-called, what they use the word, pastor, preacher, or minister, or whatever, reverend, you should never be off the clock. Be instant, in season, and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. Romans 10.8. But what saith it, the word is nigh thee, thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. So when I preach, I talk a lot about faith when I preach in my church or where I go to church. I don't get to preach there very often, but I do a Wednesday night deal. Not very many people come. Again, there's a problem. We say, well, why are we having so many problems in this country? Prayer meetings have gone by the wayside. Bible study has gone by the wayside. All we want is that hour of singing, a couple seconds of prayer, and a, a sermon from some guy who's you know either dredged up something that he wrote out 25, 30 years ago. Nothing new. Because that would entail revisiting Scripture and trying to do it anew. They have no ability to see afar off, it says in in the Epistle of Peter. Why is that? Because they have no ability. They aren't really trying to. We're going to stay in this one little zone that we've made for ourselves. It's worked for 30 years or so, and that's where we're going to stay. We're not going to venture off into oh anything in the prophecies or like Revelation or Second Thessalonians or the rapture it, that's all we care about is that you know, when we talk about prophecy that's it. Now you, every once in a while you'll get a guy that goes to Ezekiel thirty-eight and thirty-nine talks about the Gog and Magog war, which should be kind of a topic to be maybe at least looking at today with this Ukraine, Russia, Iran, Turkey kind of all piddling around with each other in the background. We are in dire times because we have allowed ourselves to stray from the word of God. We have allowed ourselves to stray away from the word of God. We have strayed away from being or trying to be holy as He is holy. We know that we can't do it without Him, Jesus, God. We need to be bathed in His Word. Either you know, and there's people who say, right, you gotta be in the Word an hour a day. Like it's a talisman. If you don't do it an hour, you're going to be in trouble. Get in there for 15 minutes, you'll make me happy. But do some serious study. And I've had people say, well, I don't know how you do what you do. And I, I'm, I'm no great anything. I, I use the tools that are available to me as we sit here right now. I have a Bible open in front of me to where I kind of want to reference. And I have in front of me, I use, I use blueletterbible.org. I don't get paid for that. I just use them because there's a lot of good tools there. A lot of good tools that even go as far as, you know, uh, cross references, verse to verse, lexicon, which is a fancy word for, you know, uh, concordance. You don't need to know all the Greek, but sometimes it's good to know what is this old English word relate to. And you hit the, hit the word. You, you know, there's a way to do it on there. It says tools. You go through the tools, and you you can go over, and it'll show you the word in Greek, what it means, and all the different places that you can look it up. It's important to to have Christ as your Savior and the Holy Ghost living within you. That will drive you to want more knowledge. The guys who tell you, all I need is X thing, all I need is a salvation message every Sunday, and that's all we should ever do, you're not evangelistic enough, you teach people too much, People, I'm telling you, I think I, I think I know people well enough. It's a lot of people. If you're listening to me, you know you want to know more because that's what I want. If a preacher can give it to me, I will listen to him. If he can't, I won't. If all they do is babble, then their theology comes from Babylon. They have made their pact with whoever to distort the scriptures or to just ignore them. Paul said over and over again, I want you to not be ignorant, brethren, concerning, and then he would go into whatever it was that concerned, be it it the return of Christ, what they call the rapture, or a host of other things, spiritual gifts. We don't believe in the gifts. The gifts are all gone. And that's a lot of mainline religion. Now, here's the thing. Some of the gifts that are listed there besides tongues and prophecy and word of knowledge and all that kind of stuff that's been misused, I think, for many, many years, is also preaching, evangelism, and teaching. I believe in those gifts. I believe some people are... are, are given those gifts by the Holy Ghost, by the Holy Spirit, to do the work. They are called to do it. And there are some who just do it because, you know, they like public speaking, I don't know. Or they have a feeling like they, you know, I've, I had a guy tell me, uh oh, calling's just your desire to do something. And that is so wrong on so many levels. And you can tell a guy who can uh, you can tell a guy who has been called to preach. You can tell a guy who's been called to teach, which I believe go together, or evangelize. Some guys are truly evangelists evangelists. They aren't locked down to one place. Maybe they're missionaries. And you know, not missionaries like we have today. You know missionaries in the old days, the beginning back in the 1600s, 1700s. When they went to some place to be missionaries, like say you were leaving from London and going to Africa to be a missionary, they packed their goods that they were taking with them, their clothes and their Bibles and whatever, whatever necessities they may need on the trip, they packed them in coffins because that's what they figured would be the appropriate thing to use because one day their goods wouldn't be in them. They would be, they weren't going to go for, I'm going for a two week of a missionary trip to, you know, Malaysia. No, these people went for life and many of them. That's exactly Well, most of them. That's exactly what happened. They died wherever they went. They could have been killed by the, uh, indigenous people, or they just caught diseases, or they worked there until their old age and died. They didn't go home. They didn't get go back to their home state or nation. They packed their goods in their own coffin, and then when they went, they were buried there in that coffin, or they got put in it and taken back on ship someday. I would imagine most were just buried in place. That was what missionaries were. That's the evangelists that we have today that bounce from city to city. There's a big one coming to a city near me. Huge evangelistic group. I won't go. I won't even say who it is or where they're going to. They've done good, they've done some stuff that I believe is more compromising than should be in Christian ministry. We aren't here to compromise. We're here to preach the word. be instant in season and out of season is what Paul told Timothy. second Timothy four two preach the word. One other one. Acts, Acts of the Apostles, 16.6. Well, Now, when they had gone throughout Phrygia and the region of Galash, Galatia and were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia. Isn't that funny? Paul and Barnabas or Silas, I forget who it was. They were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in in Asia. I guess you know, if you're tuned into the Holy Spirit, that there's places you just don't do it. I know a guy I heard a long time ago. I didn't know him. I should rephrase I I listened to him quite often. His name was Henry Groover. He wasn't quite for everyone. He had a, a, a lot of gifts. He was on a boat ride one time, I think going from Seattle to one of the islands or from one of the islands back to Seattle, but makes no difference on a ferry. And he saw two girls sitting together and they then they next thing you know they were engaged in, you know, lovey dovey kissy holdy stuff. And he felt I need to go and talk to them and say something. You know, as a Christian, as a as a spirit Filled and spirit led man, he felt like he should go and say, "Hey, you know, can I share the gospel with you?" And as he got ready to stand up, he felt and he heard from the Holy Spirit. If you you know, if you ever had this happen, you know what I mean. Don't just stay put. And he told that story to a friend of his. His friend told him, "You know, it was a, it was a preacher on on land." He told him. It's a good thing you listen. These days, all those people want to do is get you to say something so they can sue you. And they will sue you and win almost every time, especially the West Coast. That's another epidemic we have. We only got a few minutes left before I, I, I pull the plug today. That's another epidemic we have, Is is this multiple-lettered, lustful, driven, LGBTQ, whatever. It goes on and on. We don't hate these people. Nobody in the Christian world hates them. But we know that that, in, that type of thing is wrong in the eyes of God, period. The Bible's replete with man and woman, man and woman, not man and man, woman and woman. That, those things are called abominable, abominable. bumbles bounce but you know I don't go deep on that a lot because it's just a subject that is disgusting to me and perverse not just the the nature of it but you know the, the fact that now we have drug little kids into drag queen story hour drag queen you know model shows or whatever that they're throwing dollar bills at these little kids that are boys dressed like girls like they're at a strip club it's horrible it's disgusting when I see it it just turns my stomach and makes me glad that I'm old and I didn't grow up in this day and age where parents think it's fun to go to these things and take the you know Bobby and Susie and then Bobby and Susie become very about what they are am i a boy or a girl that should never be happening parents should be rearing their children to have grandchildren that's what their every parents seems to be their dream is to see multiple amounts of grandchildren so they could ruin the kid for their for their son or daughter you know <laughs> and i'm gonna pay you back for all the trouble you gave me but uh This is it's another it's a it's to me it's another epidemic of things that need to be squelched, stopped. Why is it going on? Because people have drifted so far from God. The truth of the Bible, even the churches that preach that it's okay, it's disgusting. Last but not least, is this climate thing. I was sitting there watching the news. It was Tucker Carlson. And, and, and you know, he brought up something about the climate. Yeah, he was talking about how, you know, these dim bulbs with their um, private aircraft that lay out tons and tons of greenhouse gas, but yet they want everybody in California and everybody in Virginia and everybody, all the, you know these liberal places. Now, Virginia, Glenn Youngkin, the governor of Virginia, said that's not going to happen. They're going to make... So, you can't buy a gasoline powered car by the year 2035. I pray and hope that we aren't even here, unless it is to be here under the rule and reign of Christ in 2035. And there are some interesting ideas out there about when the reign and rule of Christ could come, but I'm not going to go into that today. I'm just saying I would, I pray we're not. But, you know, God is long-suffering, so we may be. He may be waiting for people to wake up, but I think as we go on, we see more people going into the lull of sleep away from God. And the more we get as a nation, just look at us as a nation here in the United States. Those of you outside the United States, God bless you for listening. But you, and maybe you're a, a service member overseas. I pray that there are some of those, or you know, maybe you're quietly listening someplace in China, Russia, or another one of those kind of places. I'm I, I'm 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 so happy to have you. But listen to me. This nation is the last bastion of things, of nations built on the premise of a God who is a creator but now we have a multiple amount of people in our government who are what I would call earth worshippers not God worshippers oh they'll throw God's name around Nancy Pelosi I pray for the president every day I would tell her if she said that to me keep your prayers The psalmist said, God does not hear the prayers of someone who holds iniquity in their heart. And we all need to bounce that off ourselves when we get down to pray. Don't hold iniquity. Don't hold sin that you want to do in your heart. Keep it away. But we have drifted so far that we've gone into this whole worship of the planet if you say, well, I worship God. Well, so do I. But, you know, the planet, planet, the planet, Earth, it's going to go. We, Our grandkids, our great-grandkids, blah, blah, blah. goes on and on of why we need to do all this, put people in electric cars, put people uh, uh, in homes with barely any air conditioning or heat in the winter and the summer. Come on. Let's get back to reality again we've lost touch with reality. Those of us who know the Lord hold to a very strong reality. And you can see it if you look. And sometimes it's hard to really pick out because you start to think, well, maybe I'm the crazy one. But I can tell you right now, brother and sister in Christ, you're not. We're just living through that time where we know that we are, we're, we're quickly becoming a minority. The Bible talks a lot about the many and the few. The many is usually never a good thing. The many are the ones going down the road to destruction. The few are the ones that find the gate, the straight gate and the narrow way that leads to everlasting life. We want to be on that path no matter what. We want to hold fast to that path no matter what. We don't want to get off that path. Many will tell you you can't, but few will tell you you can. You can slip away from that path and get on the broad road every once in a while. It's called backsliding. Backsliding those christians that say they're christians or maybe i don't it's not for me to judge that that have nothing to do with the things of god church and bible study prayer on a regular basis. Oh, i pray when i'm sick. Okay, good for you. You pray for yourself. How about others. Or when somebody in my family, you know, gets cancer. Well, i pray for him. I'm I'm praying. I'm a praying, man. Yeah, you're praying then. But we need to pray all the time. Paul says pray without ceasing. That means, you know, pray for when something comes to mind, put it to prayer, bringing every thought captive unto Christ. When something grabs your attention that shouldn't, turn your head and bring that thought captive to Christ. if if at no time in history until now this is the time when we need to be... More godly, more heavenly minded. Don't let those idiots out there like Joyce Meyer tell you, oh, you're so heavenly minded, you're no earthly good. I'm not here to be earthly good, other than to bring people to a saving knowledge of Jesus and then be a decent teacher to them. It's good to be heavenly minded. That means you have an aspiration towards things above. The things of this earth will soon pass away. And we need to be heavenly minded towards the things to come and get others as well, and especially those that are still in the church sitting next to us, that you know, they they talk about private blessings, but how how much do they bless others? If you're so blessed, bless somebody else. It doesn't mean give them money or pay for their lunch. Those are nice things, though. I know guys that do that, and that's awesome. You know, you see somebody sitting there, and they just know, and they go over and they pay their pay their check, or you know, drop twenty somewhere where they can find it. I, you know, that kind of thing. That whatever, whatever your whatever your calling to do is. But the main thing is to save souls. To win souls for Christ, I don't. You know, I told my wife the other day. I'll end here. I don't believe I've ever won anybody to Lord, and and you you leave that sit right where it's at. People will be like, "Well, you're you're a real wing nut, aren't you?" Here's the thing: I haven't done it. It's not Tom that does the winning; it's the Holy Ghost. He uses the vessel to do so. When you go around thinking you did it, and that's how you put it. I won this one. I won that one. I would go back and revisit that person and say, hey, I uh, I didn't do it. It was God that did it. It was the Holy Spirit working through me that won this person or that person. People are so caught up in themselves. That's what Timothy said. They're going to be heady and high-minded. Thinking of themselves more than they do of others, throwing the i i i i. They got eye problems. They're always talking about me 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 i i i. It's time to get real. It's time to get filled with the Holy Ghost. It's time to be able to present people with a true and 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 winning gospel something that they would want not just hide in the closet oh the old ending it's been a pleasure to be with you today once again August 29th 2022 remember those that are fallen remember those that are in harm's way keep them in prayer remember those who are sick and afflicted Keeping them in prayer Remember, those in your family that are lost and far from God, keep them in prayer and try to bring them back in. Until next time, Tom Rich, the Removing Confusion. Have a great day and a great week.